You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, but you'll love the show. Welcome to From the Cheap Seats, everybody. I'm Chris DeLambert, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent Nichols, and the illustrious Katie Deal is in <laughs> studio with us. And I found out as we were talking that Katie and Brandon have something in common. <laughs> For two entirely different reasons. <laughs> one of the greatest finishes to an NFL playoff game ever, and neither one of you guys saw it. Mm, yeah. Not as it played live, anyway. No. And Katie just kind of rolled her eyes and was like, uh, sport ball, nah, I'm good. I was done this week. When I got home, I was out. She was like, did it go, <laughs> did it go through the hoop? That's a, that's a good description because I think Brandon was done and out, too. For different and, reasons. And I threat. knew... As that play unfolded, that Brandon Atkins was not watching. I don't know. We're like twins. We're, we, we communicate non-verbally. And I knew that he was pouting. And let me tell you, you do not want to know what's in Chris's head no. at all times. That's very uncomfortable to be linked to him like that. Brandon has been a, a badge of honor for him this season has been that he has not been at a Carolina Hurricanes game that they've not at least gotten a point. Right. And he went this weekend, and they got their doors blown off. And they lose Sebastian Ajo to an injury. Well, and Brandon was in quite a mood. We have a new owner, Tom Dundum. Tom Dundum. I need to get his name right. Tom, you need to get us an enforcer. I know we're not going to start the show off talking hockey, but we're kind of doing that. Well, we weren't. You're, you're gonna get. <laughs> listen, give me ten seconds here. Get an enforcer, or you're gonna get Aho killed and Justin Williams killed. You gotta help these guys out. We got one of the most skilled teams in the NHL, and they just got beat up by Calgary last night. That's all I got. So, is your resume together? Because there may be changes in the front office. And they may need you to come help construct that team with your <laughs> hockey depth of knowledge as it, as it is. I got two words for you. Get a Jesse Bolaris. <laughs> Jesse Bolaris. If you don't know who he is, he was the Canes old enforcer. Eventually, you're going to get got. He got crushed and basically retired, but he pretty much crushed everybody out in the entire league for like a 10-year span. So right. anyway, enough hockey. From the look on his face, those were not the two words I thought he was going to say. Oh, well, yeah. First of all, I got two words for you. Get eight. Oh, wait a minute. That's more than two words. I started doing the I math, and I had to back on. it up a little bit. I'm proud of you for being able to do math and radio at the same time. So the Canes now sit in 11th place in the East. Right. Three spots out of the playoffs. However, they're only a point out. They are – you know the teams ahead of them got a game in hand or two in some cases, right? And but, they will have any more, even more, because they have a five day layoff, which will help them get. I think it's a five day. Is that five true? days? They don't play till Saturday. They're on their bye week. Well, and hopefully Aho is back. They're saying that he's day to day right now. 
Uh, all I can find is a lower leg injury. So yeah, we'll they have haven't announced the severity of it. Uh, so we'll find out probably fairly soon. All they're going to say is lower body. We'll <laughs> never hear. Yeah. And you know how hockey players are, unless, you know, it's an amputation-type situation. Brandon, in 2016, their 21st pick overall, Julian Guthier, is from a family of bodybuilders. I'm sure that that's— 6'4", 225 pounds. His last name is Guthier. I'm sure that it's (laughs) Guthier. Nope, it's Guthier. Guthier. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's Gautier. No, it's not. It's, it is. It's good, sh- there's it's an good H. tier. It's good tier. Go tier. Go tier. I don't think any of the three of us know who that is. It's Guthier. All right, Trent, why'd you bring his name up? Ed he, Snyder, I think I'm going to need you to call in. He's from a family He's going to be your enforcer. He will be up with the Canes we'll activate next him. year. He'll be to, he'll be there to be the security yeah. detail. He's only 20, him. so he will uh, he will fight those if fights If he can throw him. hands, we need him right now. All right, so back to uh, off of hockey. I don't know how we managed <laughs> hockey in the first segment when we're staring down the barrel. It's a miracle of NFL playoff on Listen, ice. Get it? Get before, it? Before before any of this happens, <laughs> I'm certain that anybody that is listening to this show saw or has seen on replay the end of the Minnesota Vikings New Orleans Saints playoff game this weekend, and. Here's the issue. We're not going to break the play down. Do you think you know, any of the New Orleans fans said, who dat? And somebody said, oh, it's Diggs taking off with the ball. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that that's been reset a million times. But here's the problem with this play is that in the very short period after it happened, there were folks that took to social media and their, their own broadcast of the game and tried to coin a nickname oh, for God. the play. Okay. And – they're falling flat. This play deserves a standalone nickname. And guys, you can't go with Minneapolis or Minnesota Miracle. And I've heard that a couple of times, both places. That's entirely too close to the Music City Miracle, yeah. which is part of football lore. Too many miracles out too there. Many miracles. So it's we've got done. to come up with something. So our challenge between now and about two hours from now is to come up with a good nickname. The other one I saw was that that may get some traction was Seven Heaven, but that's just lame. Well, yeah. also the two things that the plays have in common with the the miracle is they were both Ford passes. That's a t- that's fair, right? That's <laughs> Am fair. I wrong? And if I if I'm not mistaken, oh. when we were talking about the Music City Miracle a week or two ago, I said Steve Wycheck. It's Frank Wycheck. If anybody's paying attention, Steve, that's his brother, right? Sure, it's his cousin. <laughs> it's his cousin. So we'll talk a little more football here in a little bit, but I want to spend some time with Miss Deal, and she is in town. As part of a show called Classic Nashville Road Show, Part 2, The Sequin Sequel. <laughs> it goes right along with sports. That's so, a lot. But, but here's the thing. <laughs> is When you come up with a name as cool as that, The Sequin Sequel, she was part of the process of that. So she's perfect to help coin a name for that play, sure. even though she doesn't know anything about football. Thank you. I don't even know what happened, but we can work on it for sure. And if we could work sequins into the nickname, that would – come on. How cool would that be? I think you should call it Stefan Diggs Case Keenum. What are you talking about? 
I think what are you you're looking still at? hung over from the Canes game. That's, <laughs> that may be that may be what's going on. Trent, you, you're not giving me any love for that? <laughs> no love. Uh, okay, all right. No. So, Katie, you're at the Temple Theater right now. Mm-hmm. Um, your partner in crime, Jason Petty. Is still asleep. Is still asleep. <laughs> Maybe he knows something about football, but we'd have to change to an yeah. evening drive time show uh-huh. to be able to get him in here. That, that show name sounds fancy. Is the part two, is the two like Roman numerals? It is. Mm-hmm. How did I know that? <laughs> I couldn't begin to tell you. I don't know where you're going with that. So you guys, you guys have have toured the country the last couple of years with a show called Classic, Classic Nashville Roadshow. Road mm-hmm. And what is that show? Well, as we like to call it, it's a historical musical narrative, which is a mouthful. But it's basically uh, we take classic country music we bring it back try to make it sound like the record we have a, an amazing nashville band and we just sort of recreate what they used to take on the road it, at least in the first show we we really do what was a classic nashville road show um a lot of opry jokes and and i do a little mini pearl tribute in the first one and and we cover George Jones, Tammy Wynette, Loretta Lynn, Patsy Cline, Hank Williams. I mean, on and on and on. So the second one was actually created to uh, to please the Temple audiences because they were asking for, uh, you know, why didn't you do more Conway Twitty? Why didn't you do Hello, Darling? Why didn't you do Jim Reeves in the first one and all these folks that we didn't so get So you're to saying cover. people in Sanford are a b- bunch of complainers. Is that no, what you're saying? No. Well, no. we hear it all the time. They're like, why don't y'all talk more about soccer? <laughs> why don't you talk about Wake Forest? Why don't <laughs> Come on, man. We only got two hours. Get out of here. We do our right. best, I swear. No, it was inspired by their comments. <laughs> ah. Um, so, so Wordsmith. We, so we put this uh, second show together, and it's it's a lot more music, a lot of sparkles, a lot of sequins, a lot of rhinestones. And you guys are in the middle of the run. Last week was opening weekend for the show. You're there for another week. Yep. So if you're listening to this Thursday, there are two shows, one at 2 o'clock, one at 7.30. Then Friday again at two and seven thirty, and then Saturday at seven thirty, and Sunday at two o'clock. Mm-hmm. So and you check out, out the Temple Temple website at templeshows.com or call the box office at nine one nine seven seven four four one five five. That's nine one nine seven seven four four one five five, and you can see Katie and Jason and their amazing band. Um, you've got a whole weekend to do it, so make that happen. Now, where are you guys taking this show next? Uh, we are going. Well, we're uh, Jason's going to Texas right after we close here with his uh, Hank Williams shows, and then I think the next time we do this is in October. I believe we start in South Carolina. I'm not okay. really sure. We're going to be kind of bouncing all over the place. So Georgia, and then uh, we're going to be out west for a bit this spring. So we're kind of all over the place. Now, as you part ways, you said Jason has taken his Hank Williams mm-hmm. performance. And where are you going? What are you going to do? Um, I am actually spending all February with a songwriters group and recording. So catching up on some of that stuff, trying to do my own music. Very cool. Awesome. For, I, I've dedicated February for that time. So. And as you do, I want to I want to make sure I get the words right because if I call it tribute show, I, th- I have a feeling you're going to come across the table on me. It's historic, historical, musical narrative. Musical that's, narrative. That's the 
term we're trying to coin. That's what I did my thesis on in college. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm very familiar I with it. I believe it. I, I have a it question. It was on a rap, though, so. <laughs> well, I have, a, I, I, have a, I have a couple of questions. First of all, as we sit here today, do you ever think that there will be a market for historical musical <laughs> narratives for Florida Georgia Line? No. <laughs> what about is Hamilton then a historical musical narrative? I, it you know it probably would be. And it's, it's rap, Brandon. Well, well Ooh, it is. It's more of a musical. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's but, about well, see, a historical. See, the thing topic. with Hamilton is it's original material, but it does pay homage to that a, a lot of fit. a yeah. lot of old school rap. But I ask about the Florida Georgia line in the bro country because I I would like to know if it would elevate me in your eyes or if it would like end our friendship if I told you that I hate bro country on a level that I can't even articulate. I think that it okay? would make us mutual friends. Wow. Uh, like Boom. we are we are on the same wavelength. There. Okay, and this next question So is, your next project is about the pontoon song? Yeah. Uh, oh my pontoon. Yeah, I can see Jason Petty doing a Luke Bryan show. That'd be awesome. Well, just about every show he complains about Luke Bryan on stage. Oh, nice. So uh, I yeah. can dig it. Now, here is the question, though. Is if you were stuck in a room, mm-hmm. let's you know, the escape rooms are the big thing right now. <laughs> if you were in an escape room, trapped there indefinitely, and there was an overhead speaker pumping in music, would you prefer that they were pumping in bro country or trap? What is trap? Boom. I love it. You know, you're not familiar with trap music? I don't think so. Brandon Atkins can trap you up. He, he can catch you up during the break. <laughs> not really. It's it's the bro country equivalent of rap music, and it's equally as awful. Oh. I think the next Saw movie that comes out is going to use that. They're going to pump horrible music into the room that you cannot escape. I like that. Oh, and you kill yourself. And, and, you know, they call it trap. I think that would be fitting. Sure. I can dig yeah. it. Trap. I don't know. They both sound horrible. Yes. They're yeah. Well, they are. So <laughs> there we go. Speaking we'll catch horrible. up on trap music on the other side. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio. Krista Lambert, Brandon Atkins, two American patriots trying to make sports talk radio great again. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts. Every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit JimmyV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seat. All right, welcome back. This segment of the show brought to you by Libations, purveyors of fine wine and craft beer. We're talking about hockey, NFL, trap music, and, and historical bro country, musical historical <laughs> musical narratives. narratives. You got to hold your pinky up when you say that. I like that, man. That's, that's something I like else. it. Or I at do. least wear something sparkly when right. you say it. Sequins. Well, we were talking about <laughs> the shows that you and Jason do together and independently. You guys are, are quite an accomplished duo. 
Thank you. How did you manage to find your way to one another? Uh, well, I knew of his reputation and his shows that he did, the Hank Williams series of shows that he does, uh, before I met him. And I went to one of his concerts, realized that his steel guitar player is a guy that I used to work with in Memphis, Eric Lewis. And we, you know, we just like saw each other at the concert and then went our way separate ways. And then about uh, half a year later, Jason and I end up in a show together at the Barter Theater as oh, cool. actors. And he's portraying Johnny Cash and I'm portraying June Carter Cash in Ring of Fire. And so we started working together and I approached him about an idea I had. I, I was like, you know, we sound so good together. Let's write a duet show and join forces and see see how that works out for our, our marketing strategies. And and so he said, well, I got a better idea. I got a, I got this show that I've been working on for a long time, and I've been waiting for the right person to do this with. And um, he pitched me Classic Nashville Roadshow. We wrote it over the course of the year, launched it, and now we're on our second one. Awesome. So. That's really cool. Now, you said that you're not a sports fan. You were a cheerleader in high school, is that correct? <laughs> I was, yes. <laughs> that, doesn't speak, that doesn't speak well for cheerleaders, man. you got to, like, pretend. Do you think between you, me, and Chris, we could build a pyramid out in the parking lot, maybe? I, I, could, I could help you. You could just coach it. us? Yeah. That'd be awesome. Now Chris, that, you're going to have to be on the I bottom. Mean, that would be video what would, worthy. What would really be impressive is a basket toss. <laughs> I'd like to be a base. Too, I don't want to be. I did not call you fat. I just said I don't want to look up your skirt. Ah. <laughs> I'm my... only building a pyramid in the parking lot if I'm in a skirt, that, and I'll do that if you guys are down. And I will be there. Boom. <laughs> well, much like your situation, uh, I came to him about a rap project that I wanted to work on. He goes, "No, I got a better idea. Let's just not do that." <laughs> And no. he said, and, and he, he said, let's a do a trap. Trying to tell you show, not right? to. But this is a real conversation. <laughs> this is a real conversation Brandon and I had last night. And this will tell you how salty he was. He was like, I've got an idea for tomorrow's show. But I feel like when I say that to you, there are times where if you think it's not a good idea, you're like, yeah, maybe we'll do that. And then we just don't. <laughs> I was and I was like, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's that's actually pretty good. Jason just goes, oh, hell no. Oh, really? <laughs> well, at least you know where you stand, right? Chris You're is like, a little hey, bit man. softer. I'm like, you know what? This next segment, how will you lead in with that? And he's like, sure, man. It sounds great. Thumbs up. <laughs> and he just never and lets it happen. <laughs> Usually it's usually it's Brandon at the break going, hey, just give me five minutes, five minutes about that. And Chris, no problem, no problem. Then he's like, welcome back. And now let's say, no, Trent, let me talk to you about that. And Brandon's like, dude, I'm like, I just wanted five minutes. I'd like to break down Coach K's career. And then he's like, at the beginning of the break, he's like, all right, let's talk water polo. And that's how he sets me up. I'm like, all right. And then there's other times where I have to bail us out of segments that are failing, like this one here. I actually have an idea, and I hate that I didn't like break this down to you guys during the break. But here's what's going to happen. Katie said she doesn't know what happened in the Minnesota-New Orleans game, to end the game. Yes. She didn't see it. She doesn't have any context for it. She doesn't understand it. I'm going to give you 30 seconds, Trent to tell her in terms that she can understand what happened so that she's interested. Use and then we're going to go roll around the room and see who does a better job. You got 30 seconds 
to explain it and make it interesting. For her? Yes. Okay. Small words. So, last night, there was 10 seconds left. So, basically, it was right about their announcing the winners of the Grammy Awards. And everyone knows Taylor Swift is going to win the Country Music Grammy Award for a song she wrote. And then, all of a sudden, when they announced it, final second, right before the commercial, it ended up being Reva McIntyre winning. Okay. Was that okay? Yeah. I get uh, it. Give it give it a rating on a ten scale. Uh, I would say a nine. That was pretty good. A nine. Wow. Wow. I, I, I didn't guess. even get to finish. I Brandon Atkins, take a take a take a spin at it. Although I didn't see the play live, so <clears throat> the Saints were up. Vikings were down. Vikings had very little time. Vikings quarterback Passy the ball. New Orleans defender, oh, New, New Orleans defender, Missy to tackle. <laughs> Vikings receiver catchy the ball, and he runs it into this thing called the end zone for a slam dunk. You even came in under thirty seconds, and that was so. If Trent got a nine, what do you give there? Well, um, you get. A, a negative two for oh. condescension. Oh. <laughs> Did he mansplain to you? Is that what just happened? Yes. Oh, but a negative it two. Was I like, it was funny. It was funny. I like you. You just got served. I like his, though. All right. Yeah. You got me on the clock, I did get it. Yep. I did understand I it. All right, Chris, I'm ready? Just Go. All right. So, this ball game, this is a very, very important game. This puts a team two games away from the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. The game looked like it was over on a couple different occasions. First, when Minnesota, it looked like they were going to win. Then New Orleans. And it came back at the very end of the game, and everybody would have thought the ball game was over. Minnesota made this unbelievable play, and the entire state of Minnesota is still celebrating because it was that big a deal. Boom. Mm. Two seconds short. Good job. God, I felt like I was at the game. <laughs> See, but with mine, I I, say, don't try to don't try to sell it. I would say an eight on that because oh! it was a little confusing for me. See, but I what, got your analogy. See what I tried to say. But his had nothing to do with what <laughs> everyone knew that the Saints were going to win the game, just like Taylor Swift in the Grammy. But when Reba won, everyone was so shocked. Yet so excited, just like Minnesota fans, wow. and now she understands that. Yeah. Chris, nobody's, so nobody's hating. Yeah, much love. That. I would say we could add your eight to my two and get a ten, but my <laughs> two was You're a negative. Two. Yeah, that's right. So you That's guys right. got a six. So well, that okay. To be fair, you get a two-part score. You, you're negative two for the condescending, but you're uh, you know seven for explanation. Oh, okay. How about Thank that? Much. That so, makes me feel a lot all right, better. So I'm middle of the pack there. I'll take that. I am normally so the one, so that you know, my wife accuses me every now and again of being caddish on the show. What does that mean? Um, it means that she says, I, th- I say things that are an attempt to be funny, but are veiled sexism. <laughs> And I really don't feel that way about it. And it's normally something where I'm relating a story. And she's like, you need to be careful with that. Garoppolo. Yeah. But we got to turn the tables on her because in the last couple weeks, she has made some judgments about the appearance of a couple particular football players. 
And I didn't even put it together and was relating the story. And Brandon was like, how dare she call you a cad? Listen to how she's objectifying these athletes. And I love it. What about Case Keenum? Does she like his look? Uh, I don't know. Speaking of looks, though, here's the question. And this is, I don't know if I can be caddish talking about a man. I don't know in this day and age how that applies. (laughs) But is there a better beard in the NFL than Blake Bortles right now? Because Blake Bortles doesn't do many things well as it applies to football. Mm -hmm. But that beard is pretty dope. (laughs) Not going to lie. So, Trent, I can see furiously trying to find an image. We're going to get the the opinion of Katie and see what she thinks. And and we'll give that a rating and see what that beard is. But, Katie, before we do that, Mm -hmm. you, you would love to witness how Nedge does this to Chris. When he's talking, when she's talking about these fine athletes to his face, she doesn't even try to subtly say like, you know, he's got a really unique look or <laughs> look at the structure. I wonder where his background, his family's from. He's like, dang, he's fine. That's like right to his does. face. It's <laughs> yeah. so funny. Yeah, we're secure like that. We're good, you know. And how am I supposed to compete with a kid like Jimmy Garoppolo, who's a multi-multi-million dollar True. guy? You know, when I was 23, 24, I was bionic. I'm not going to lie. I was the guy that walked in the club and made people spill their drinks. Mm-hmm. But, dude, I'm I'm old. Well, and you know, the truth is, I think most women, we can appreciate it, but that's not what we want. Well, there you go. It's just not what we want. Once you get past 30, you're like, nah, I want somebody real. I want somebody who's not going <laughs> to drop their dirty clothes on the floor. Exactly. Boom. Mm-hmm. I love it. So, uh, back to this show that I want to produce with you. The Luke Bryan, Florida Georgia Lion <laughs> no. tribute show. What is it? We are of a certain age all in here, and we didn't necessarily grow up with classic country music being contemporary. Yeah. What is the appeal of the artist to you like Patsy Cline and Hank Williams? Well, excuse me. Part of the show is that we, uh, we we talk about the history and the impact that they had on the music industry, whether it's veered off course or not. It they've all the artists that we covered had a, a significant place in country music. So that's uh, to me that's why they're <coughs> so valuable now in this show, um, and also because our audiences, you know, our, our audiences are typically a little older and they remember that music. And the thing that is surprising, too, is that I'm starting to see younger people who remember this music because their parents played it or their grandparents played it. And so it's kind of keeping it alive that way. And it's bringing back from where we are currently in country music. It's bringing back the good stuff and where the songs actually meant something. And they resonated with people instead of just being about smoking weed and getting high and like so hanging who, out in the back of your truck. Who was the artist growing up that influenced you to even try to follow in that those footsteps? Uh, well, I, I spent most of my career, professional career, um, doing – career? What other career would I have? Uh, doing Patsy Cline music mm-hmm. and portraying her in, in theatrical shows. But – so I, she's clearly an influence, but – I, I grew up listening to Dolly. I grew up listening to 80s, 90s country back right before it stopped being good, in my opinion. <laughs> we'll let you finish that thought on the other side. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats. 
Email us at CheapSeatRadio at gmail.com. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. Imagine if I told you that an earthquake was going to hit tomorrow right where you live. That it would be 6.5 in magnitude with aftershocks occurring twice 25 minutes apart. You'd no doubt talk with your loved ones and you'd make a plan today. It's true, I can't tell you an earthquake will happen tomorrow. But what if it does? Shouldn't you have a plan? Go to ready.gov communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. And now, from Sanford, North Carolina, Krista Lambert and Brandon Atkins. Got money, got fame, fast cars and everything. Yeah. I'm on a dance, I gotta sing, rock song, blues. That bumper could go on for eight minutes and I'd be okay with that. I really, I like really, that really. One. Sammy Hagar is like my favorite artist ever. If I was going to do a historical musical <laughs> narrative, it would be <laughs> Sammy Hagar all the way from where he began with Montrose, all the way through, all the way through to Chicken Foot and everything in between, <laughs> and would involve a lot of tequila. <laughs> I mean, I saw a meme not long ago that had Sammy Hagar. And his face up against Bill Clinton because they're roughly the same age. And it was hysterical because it said this is what Sammy Hagar looks like after, you know, 50 years of hard living, (laughs) rock and roll and illicit drugs. And this is Bill Clinton. (laughs) And I mean, there's no comparison to dude. If I could switch lives with one person in the world, it would be Sammy. Hagar. Katie, this would be such a Chris Lambert thing to do. I would start a band and I'd be the David Lee Roth and he would be the Sammy Hagar. (laughs) And he would smile doing it. Yes. Yes, I jacked the whole thing, man. It, dude, that guy's lived a great I'd be life. Ringo, dude, and just play the drums. And, <laughs> and I'm over here by myself doing just a gigolo. <laughs> now, I, I have told you guys, and this has to happen at some point before the end of calendar year 2018. I only do one karaoke song. I take it back. I do two. But my favorite one to do is just a gigolo. By David Lee Roth. And I have been told. Yeah, we need to do it. I have been told. So I can't even have best, that. That it's he's better take, than the original. He's going to rip that for me, too. I'm, I'm All just, of us have sang, some more than others, but Brandon's rapped, I've rapped. Chris, you barely Yeah, you haven't really done anything artistic on the show at all. I don't do anything for free, I'm going to write guys. you a rap. I want to hear the Kenny Rogers. 
Go ahead, Trent. Oh, no, I'm Break better at Johnny Cash. Oh, okay. At some point today, just chime in. I will. <laughs> yeah. Kenny Rogers? Yeah, go ahead on. Nah, I got Johnny Cash. I'll All right. Johnny. So you said Katie Deal is with us in studio. Katie is in Sanford performing at the Temple Theater as part of a show called Classic Nashville Road Show Part 2, The Sequence Sequel. And you said that this show was inspired by audiences – particularly the ones in Sanford Mm -hmm. who said, hey, why don't you do this? I have a request. Yes. And if you guys decide to do a part three, there is a song I need you to incorporate, and I may just sing here in just a minute, just so you know. He's smiling. I need you guys. Are you you receptive to taking input from me? I am. (laughs) All right. There's a counterpart to this. I need you guys to do... It's hard to be humble by Mac Davis. Okay. That is my grandmother's favorite song ever. I don't know that. Oh, oh Lord, it's hard to be humble. I thought that was a Kendrick Lamar. When you're perfect Lamar. in every way. Oh, you don't know yeah. that? No. Oh, my gosh. I'm surprised my mother didn't sing that to me my whole life because that was her favorite statement. It came out in the mid-'70s, and it is one of my fondest memories of my grandmother is her singing along with that at oh. her advanced age. She was tickled. And anytime she saw Mac Davis on television, who was probably more well-renowned as an actor than a singer, mm-hmm. but that was during the sort of Chris Christopherson, yeah. all the rest of that. Yeah, I'll have to introduce you to that, I, but I can't remember. I, I'm, I'm a little stunned. Yeah, I don't no, know that. He would fit in the sequin era then, huh? He the would. 70s, yeah, 80s? Yeah, coming out of that. He yeah. was sort of, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. i go with that, but that's... I, we I, can I have some fun with that song, because, right. you know, Jason and I like to jab each other all the time, so we could have a competition. Like, like the our own version of anything you can do, I can do better. Yeah. I don't know. You need to look at this picture of them first before you decide. Oh, nice. (laughs) Who's doing the jerry curl? My hair won't do it. That was his thing. And my my grandmother was smitten with Mac Davis. Wow. That was was her thing. uh, He's got a glass in one hand, plenty of chest hair, perm. Yeah. I like it. You just, <laughs> I, I think you do like it. That's, you, that's a, he looks I'm like little, the guy from the Southern Comfort commercial walking on the beach with the glass and the cherry curl. If you do do the song, you have to dress like him if you actually do the project. You can't yeah. just do it in a studio. There's got to be a video. Oh, we'll have to it. give you a wig, too. Is there any chance that Jason would go shirtless to do the song <laughs> if you guys added it to the next show? Probably not. No? But wow. I could ask. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, start small and say, hey, look, what if we added <laughs> start this Start with the song. Yeah, and Brandon actually had a good idea that he pitched to you. And I told you that sometimes I don't think very highly of Brandon's ideas. <laughs> That's just real talk. But he said, you know, why don't you consider doing a female version of the Highwaymen? Yeah. And I'm going to tell you what, That's I would a good travel idea. a long way to see that. That would be really cool. Now, would you do their songs? By just like just do their songs, or would you do different songs that are like those? I think you would. I think you'd have artistic license to you know roll mm-hmm. some other stuff in there. Yeah, because I'm working on what I'm calling a gender bender project, where I'm taking classic country songs by men that I like uh, and and flipping the perspective and singing it as a woman. Like one of the that. ones I'm considering is um, "Good Hearted Woman," but singing it as a woman. You know, I mm-hmm. like that. 
That's yeah. cool. And all my exes live in Texas. I've changed a couple of lyrics. I'm That's why I hang my hat in Tennessee. Yep. All right. And now That's it's going to be, cool. it's hard to be humble. Yeah. Coming up by Katie. I'm going to have to check that out. I don't know that one. You want to look at them one more time? You sure? <laughs> I do. I may. <laughs> I may need to. <laughs> so what is, other than the classic Nashville stuff, we've already established that you're no fan of bro country. Yeah. I actually have a line in one of my songs that's my bro country is the Statler kind. I like that. All right. All right. All right. What is, other than the classic stuff, Mm -hmm. what are some of your favorite more contemporary artists? Honestly, I don't really listen to the radio much anymore. Um, That's how bad bro country is. See what it's done to radio? Luke Bryan, you killed country music. Being a Georgia girl, I kind of have to appreciate those people and and i do have a different perspective i think that you know what we talk about in our show is how country music has changed with the times starting with people like patsy klein she changed the sound of country music which lends itself to where we are now whether we like it or not it it was a proponent for for the movement um but I, I just, I can't, I don't, it doesn't resonate with me. The new stuff doesn't typically resonate with me. But a lot of those artists that are popular right now are Georgia artists. So I have to appreciate them, but I don't want to listen to them. I love that you said it doesn't resonate. Can we just say it, it all sucks? <laughs> Would you? Can we just say that? I'm loud? a politician's daughter. There I'm trying go. to be PC. Speaking of politician's oh. daughters, I don't know if you guys know, but Katie is actually like, what would we call you? Are you a first daughter? I call myself the third first daughter. The third first daughter. Her father is actually the governor of Georgia. Jeez. Yep. Yeah. So I'm going to get a phone call next week. Right. Hey, bo- hey, boy, you don't condescend my daughter. You better not come through Georgia anytime soon. I got, I got patrolling. I heard you mansplaining to my daughter, my precious talented daughter right. on the radio right. listen you might, to, might, that might fly in North Carolina but not here in Georgia listen son listen yeah. to this narrative <laughs> I got patrolmen <laughs> on the way to your house I don't think he's that hands does on he talk like do, that? You, do you get it and he doesn't talk like that because if he does <laughs> that'd be really cool and I think we need to get him lined up for a 2020 <laughs> presidential run because I'm that, down doesn't that isn't that the voice of every, every southern state's do. governor? That's, that's the imitation I do of all of you guys. <laughs> I did think that was Trent I doing know, Brandon Atkins. <laughs> so with being the third first daughter of Georgia right now, do you get a security detail? No, thank God. Private helicopter? No. Although I have ridden on the helicopter, and it was quite embarrassing because I didn't know that was happening, and I was going to do my very first gig with the Atlanta Pops Orchestra, and it was an outside event, and my parents said, hey, you want to ride with us? And I was like, sure. And we fly in on the helicopter to the the place and i'm thinking okay that's cool we're gonna we're gonna land somewhere and then they're gonna drive us over oh no we landed in the field right next to the orchestra oh, outside it was so, humiliating so her dad gets elected governor and she becomes jaden smith that's pretty cool i'm, I'm, it was, I'm a lot jealous well, right the, now i had never met any of these people though and so i already get a lot of flack for being the governor's daughter that i, I hear all the time i'm like Oh, so you know, she appreciates this conversation. <laughs> yeah. I do. Uh, I, you know, I hear all the time after I've sung, people have heard me. They, they're like, 
Oh, well, I thought, you know, you just your governor's daughter, you're going to suck. You're actually You're talented. actually okay. So when right. you get, that's, yeah. Well, I guess that's high praise. So, yeah. See, when you get pulled over for speeding, you're like, oh, God, I'm going to, I'm really dreading telling my, the governor about this situation. You <laughs> but, know, my well, dad. I bet I'm not going to pay this ticket. You know, my dad. <laughs> well, I'm not 16, so I don't tell him when I get a speeding ticket. She doesn't have to name drop. Listen, well, Katie, I'm not. I know you say you you get a lot of, uh, of mess for this, but I bet during your dad's tenure as governor that you haven't gotten a speeding ticket in the state. Of I haven't, but I'm also pretty careful. All right, well, yeah. okay. I, I speed, but I am cautious. I like that. Okay, so. cool. So Uh-oh, can I said we get that on any air. kind of can we get any kind of VIP treatment if we go to Georgia if we drop your name? Uh, Is it I good don't for know. A drink you could anywhere? try. Uh, probably not. No. Well, but, I think the um, governor would probably send you an Uber over to pick you up, <laughs> Chris. You know, probably the the most interesting thing that will happen. You might be able to get a free drink depending on where you go because of my reputation. All right. <laughs> okay. okay. I think the only helicopter ride we'd get is the flight for life to the hospital. <laughs> I think what she just said was is that her dad gets free drinks based on her reputation. Ooh, well, Does he like get that. Chick-fil-A if on Sunday at the Mercedes yeah, come on, Dome? Man. Come on. I'm going to need you. We are going was to Was he at the you. title game? Yeah. Was her We're dad at the title game? To, uh, I'm what? Was he this? at the national championship game? Yes, he was. Oh, mm. yeah. Did he leave very unhappy? I don't know. I didn't talk to him because we had a show, so we had uh, rehearsal. So, well, we I caught will, the tail end. I, I actually did watch to... some of that. It has been a rough week for Georgia. A rough two weeks, and I'm not. I would not be surprised if I turned on the news today in the aftermath of Atlanta gacking away a game they should have won at Philadelphia. If the governor has not declared a state of emergency <laughs> in the state of Georgia, well, I, I wouldn't be what, shocked if that he happened. He did just declare some Friday as UGA Day or something. I don't. I well, don't see, know. that's what happens when you lose in the national championship day, game. Is you get a Friday <laughs> as UGA Day. Had they won, it would have been the month the of the month. bulldog. Yeah. yeah. He, so, he I wonder declared. what the bet was. Did he bet the Alabama governor and he had to pay something, Georgia? Did he send peaches to Alabama? I don't know, but there's a million punchlines rolled up into what the governor of Alabama <laughs> and Georgia could offer to one another. That's, I'm going to leave that alone. So, speaking of the uh, sport ball, that we're talking about Philadelphia. Uh, guys, I'm stunned that Philly found a way to beat the Falcons. And I think not to belabor the point and, and rub salt in the wound. I think Atlanta is in disarray, and I think it reared its head this weekend. There is too much talent on that defense for a team that was, you know, 30 seconds away from winning a Super Bowl a year ago for them not to have been able to go into Philadelphia and beat Nick Foles. Mm-hmm. That's what you got for me is mm-hmm. Uh, yes, yep. you can get an amen. <laughs> amen. <laughs> Thanks for playing, guys. So, Katie, do you have any sounds you like to make since we turned <laughs> into a bunch of pain? That seems to be the contributions from my, my yeehaw. I like it. So, here's the thing. is In what alternate universe could we have predicted preseason that of the four quarterbacks left playing football in the NFL – the second week of January, it would have been Tom Brady, Blake Bortles, Case Keenum, and Nick Foles. 
See, but I think this is the way of the NFL. And what I learned this weekend is defense wins championships. Three of the best defenses in the NFL are still in it. Unless you're in Massachusetts and your name is Brady, you're in the playoffs right now. You're All still right. playing. I'll, I'll take what you're saying. Brandon, what do you feel about this this whole turn of events? Well, <clears throat> I was going to play you some sound, but that the, that point's passed, but it was going to be the Sesame Street, one of these things doesn't belong here. <laughs> and it that's what I feel. Like you have Tom Brady and then these three other cats that are basically game managers – or not even really good quarterbacks. No. So. And we'll explore that a little bit more on the other side. You're hanging out from the cheap seats. Thanks for listening. Krista Lambert and Brandon Atkins always help me with my draft picks, but I sure wish they would stop hanging out with Zeke Elliott. When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. But if you really want to know what's going on, Professor Trent, they should listen to you and me, Diamond Dave Kaplan. We've got a better grasp on sports, I think. It's astute analysis. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Welcome back from the Cheap Seats. If you're listening on WDCC, this is your final segment. You can follow us on over the web and find us in the iTunes Store, Google Play, Podbean, all the rest of that stuff at From the Cheap Seats. Check us out. We would appreciate it. If you're listening on the WBLZ network, then we've got a long, long way to go. So if you've enjoyed what you've heard up to this point, you'll get more of the same. If you haven't liked it, we'll get better, I think. And probably (laughs) after I spend five minutes setting Trent up, he won't say... Uh-huh. <laughs> Either way, brace yourself. Yeah, no, it's gonna be it's gonna be breakneck here. How bad do you feel for Big Ben? Okay, first Not time at all. He, the first time he plays the Jags, he throws five interceptions, loses. The second time he plays the Jags, he throws five touchdowns, loses. He can't win. He can't Listen, beat the Jags. So breaking right now is that the Tennessee Titans, this will be a little oldish news by the time you you hear the show, but Mike Malarkey's just been let go as the head coach of the Tennessee Titans. I'll be frank with you. I think Tennessee should have given him an extension because Tennessee was not a good football team, and they found their way into the playoffs. Um, That performance against New England was very, very predictable. I don't know who else thought something different was going to happen in New England, So it's interesting to watch that unfold. My question with regard to the Steelers is, what does this do with Mike Tomlin? 
you've got a very limited shelf life with the killer bees. Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, and Le'Veon Bell, that's your triplets. You don't get to keep that intact very long. Antonio Brown is already the highest paid wide receiver in football. Le'Veon Bell is on the record stating that he wants to get paid, and if he's franchised again this year, he's willing to sit out or retire. I don't know necessarily that that's true, but then you have Ben Roethlisberger, who's old as Methuselah, and his situation. Roethlisberger, I think at this point, is looking to wait and see what the Steelers are going to do with Bell. If Bell comes back, I would expect Roethlisberger is going to come back one more time, put the band together, and make a run at a Super Bowl championship. But when you look at what Pittsburgh did in that game against Jacksonville, it's criminal. Yeah. They wound up four for six on fourth downs, but the play call on each one of those six plays was ludicrous. It was a sixth grader playing Madden type play calls. And then you look at the complete abject inability of that Pittsburgh defense to even slow Jacksonville down. You're talking about Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles hung 45 <laughs> on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, anybody sitting here, if I would have say Pittsburgh scored 42 points, you would have been like, okay, they won. Yeah, I would have thought 42-7. And yep. the Jags folded up and got the buses warmed up sometime in the second quarter. So Ben Ben did say he's coming back. Yeah, and whatever. one of the biggest I reasons mean, is he loves his offensive line. Sure. I mean, Ben will say whatever Ben's going to say, and he may come back and he may not. I think that decision depends on what Pittsburgh does with Le'Veon Bell. Well, because they're going to franchise think, him. I don't, well, they can franchise him, and he's already said, if you put the tag on me, I'll just sit out the year. Yep. Or at least that he would consider sitting out the year. Now, how a guy is going to turn his nose up at 14 million bills and sit out the year when he has a very limited time period to be successful, I don't know. Because I'm trying to figure out who else he graduated with from Michigan State that has got the opportunity to make $14 million next year, guaranteed. I don't know how many Michigan State grads are out there balling at a you know a level higher than that in the tech world or whatever the case might be. But $14 million bucks is $14 million. Bucks. Le'Veon Bell's issue is he wants to be paid. He wants guaranteed money over the long term. The problem with that is is there are no bad contracts that are worse than bad running back contracts. Yeah. You go from sugar to poo very quickly as an as a running back in the NFL and literally you are one play away from your career being over at any given time. He recognizes that and wants his money now, but the Steelers recognize that and they're not willing to be saddled with a bad deal that is hung around their necks like an albatross. And they usually the trade the guys years. when it's that time. They do. They're they much do that with like, wide receivers. They're much like New England, where, okay, you've outlived your usefulness now, you're, or you're a little bit too expensive, we're going to let you go someplace else. I wonder, though, if as it applies to Ben Roethlisberger, is this a situation where he says, well, you know, if we've got Le'Veon in there, we've got a puncher's chance. If you subtract Le'Veon from the equation – I don't know if we can win a Super Bowl. I don't know. But then it's compounded by the fact that if they give Le'Veon that big contract, can they afford to bring Ben back? Yeah. A lot of factors there. But I'm going to make a guarantee. All right? 
I've hit one out of the park with this with these coaching moves because it does appear that Matt Patricia is going to be the next head coach in Detroit, like I told y'all a month ago. We just didn't listen. Yeah, you guys listen. Right? I mean, Trent was like, yeah, I think that's a good idea. Brandon was like, I don't know, hurricanes. <laughs> no, Trent was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. It wasn't even a uh-huh. potato. It was a mm. Hey, what do y'all I, think what do y'all think James Harrison? Is thinking right now. I think James Harrison is is laughing his behind off. And it's as funny as it sounds, James Harrison is the type of personality they needed on Sunday. Yep. Because James Harrison would, would have been a contributing factor to keeping that defense from just imploding on itself and being completely in, unable to make a play. But here's what I'm going to guarantee. I'm going to guarantee that one of, but not both, the coordinators for the Pittsburgh Steelers are not brought back. And I think Tomlin is probably safe. Tomlin's safe for one more year, I think. But Healy, like you... Haley's gone. ...projected by Tuesday. He's got to be gone, if not today. And I think that could be a big decision on Ben, who they bring in, and Bell. Well... If they bring in the right guy, Bell may be like, all right, let's go. Let's, let's give some context to Todd Haley, the offensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Haley's been there for a long time now. Haley was a superstar at one point in terms of a play caller, and he found his way into a head coaching job, and it made itself very apparent very quickly Todd Haley is not a good manager of people. Mm-hmm. He's an X's and O guy who probably thinks he's a little bit smarter than he is, and you see that outsmarting himself happen like the first of the fourth down plays that Pittsburgh had near midfield where instead of you know a quarterback sneak – or a, a run up the gut on fourth and a foot, they decided to swing it wide against the fastest defense in the in the league, and they knocked Le'Veon Bell down four four yards behind the line of scrimmage. That kind of play calling just doesn't pass muster. But Todd Haley, from the moment he got to Pittsburgh, has been at odds with Ben Roethlisberger. For two seasons, they continued to have it out sort of passive-aggressively in the media – and then even this year and even this weekend after the game, when asked about why didn't you guys run a quarterback sneak, Ben Roethlisberger, who out of one side of his mouth said, I didn't play well enough, this is all on me, said, uh, it's above my pay grade. I don't know why we don't run quarterback sneak. I can't remember doing it in the last couple of years. Seems like it'd be effective to me. So Ben Roethlisberger on fourth down is 18 out of 19 chances getting the first down. They haven't run a quarterback sneak since 2014. Well, and you're talking about He's a quarterback that's about 268 pounds. That's what I was going to say. You're talking about a quarterback that's almost 270. David DeCastro, the right guard there, is all pro caliber. Come on, man. He could Don't lay down and make that fourth Boom. and inches. And, you know, it may fail, but that quarterback sneak, when you're talking about a less than half a yard to go, it's really, really difficult to stop. Now, one of the guys that would have been charged with stopping that apparently is the guy who ultimately got his hands on the sports almanac from Back to the Future. He must have stole it from Biff. I don't know. Because Calais Campbell, the defensive lineman for the Jacksonville Jags, before the game was interviewed, and said, I'll take 2-0 or 45-42. I don't care how it comes. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Come on, man. <laughs> come, now, on, come on, McFly. Listen, listen. 45-42. In what alternate universe 
Would anybody, Calais Campbell, he plays with Blake Bortles. How would he even suggest that there was ever even a possibility that his guys could score 45 on the Steelers in Pittsburgh in the cold? 45-42, he hit it on the nose. I'll tell you, you tipped your hand, time traveler. Yeah, he probably picked the Minnesota game, too. A like, lot of uh, conspiracies going on. I know. And, NFL's and, rigged. Well, <laughs> how, how do you ever change a penalty like they did in the New England uh, Titans game? Which penalty are we talking about? They changed it where they called offsides on the Titans, which gave uh, the uh, the Patriots a first down on the punt when they had them stop three and out. They changed it from a false start on the Patriots. They called it offsides on the Titans, have which there, gave the Patriots have there a first been down. A new rule will be and made after the season. somehow that was Mike Malarkey's fault, and that's why he got fired. Well, no, at some at some point after the season, they'll make a rule. A rule. How many rules have they had to make for the Patriots? All right, WBCC listeners, follow us over to the web. You can find us at the iTunes podcast app. We'd love to see you on the other side. Check out the podcast, and we'll see you next week. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. You know what really gets a party started? indoor baseball yeah just find a broom or a pool cue and you can use like anything as a ball cans bottles shoes hey bro toss me that avocado most party fouls are pretty dumb but if you decide to drink and drive underage you could lose your license and your freedom underage drinking and driving the ultimate party foul learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org brought to you by the national highway traffic safety administration and the ad council my name is bobby I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. I'm Chris DeLambert. I'm Brandon Atkins. I'm Professor Trent Nichols. Coming to you from the cheap seats. Welcome to the second hour from the cheap seats. I'm Chris DeLambert, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent Nichols, and Katie Deal. <coughs> Hey man, hanging out with us. That last intro, you know how you're always doing polls on Twitter and stuff? <laughs> yeah. I want the listeners to poll in, and if you agree with me, and talk to us about how horrible that intro is. Because I've been for weeks trying to get it off of here. I sound like a Muppet. It's awesome. <laughs> I'm Brandon Knight. <laughs> Can we he please really just, He's really fixated on that, which is just one more reason. It's got to stay. stay. It's got to stay. Tim Copas, get I to work that, on that. I We're hate s- that Tim's not here because if he was, we'd have to have Katie do some intro stuff for us because oh, she's just yeah. like silky smooth. Mm-hmm. You like It's like singing as you speak. It's like, oh, it's like butter, man. If I don't know. Well, thank you very if much. If you'd like to hear the historical sports narrative... <laughs> Tune in oh. to, Wait, to listen to Adam and Joe. Is that? Don't listen here. That sounds a little. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking a little bit of football, and we're, we're going to get off 
topic here for a little bit. We get a key. I've got some specific people that hit me up on occasion. Like, yeah, I should talk more soccer. Talk more soccer. Talk more soccer. And most often, soccer doesn't sort of rise to our level of consciousness nationally. Mm-hmm. And there's something that's happened here in the last few days that has caused a ripple through the American soccer world. Landon Donovan. We actually, as we talked about what needed to happen with U.S. soccer moving forward, Landon Donovan, I said, was a guy that was in a position and had enough juice and might ought to be one of the guys that was part of the solution. However, you need to tread lightly with this guy because he's a little weird. Now, Landon Donovan's been retired for a couple of years and hadn't shown any inclination toward playing again. And an announcement came the other day that he is going to play professional soccer again, which is really cool. He still has the kind of clout as the greatest American player of all time that he could move the needle for U.S. soccer. However, comma, there's a problem. He's going to play professional soccer in Mexico. (laughs) He signed with Leon and is now going to play professionally in one of the lower divisions in Mex- in the Mexican League. Trent, what do you make of that? It's it's quite shocking. I mean, it begs the the, the question is if, you know, Klinsman would have brought him to the 2014 World Cup if he would have even been retired. But I think this is just another slap in the face to the USA soccer that our biggest star has to go and play in Mexico. Well, And it begs the question, though, is it a slap in the face? Because if you look at the MLS, the MLS is chock-packed full of European players and South American players who are on their last legs, who have seen better days, who kind of come to America. And I remember Paul Gascoigne, who was a big Scottish player years Mm -hmm. and years ago, and the quote that he made was, once you're famous in America, you're famous forever. So that was sort of the precursor, you know, that that pushed European players over here because they can come get a payday, you know, they can get some commercial stuff, and you know, a lot of them ultimately end up retiring in the United States because as much as we love to cry about our tax policy here in America, <laughs> it's still a heck of a lot better for rich people than it is to live in Europe. Yeah. Now, this could go one of two ways for Donovan. Donovan could go down there and set the world on fire and have everybody scratching their heads as to, one, why did he retire from professional soccer? And two, what was Jurgen Klinsmann thinking about when he had the, I was going to say a bad word, the contest (laughs) with Landon Donovan and locked him out of the U.S. national team? Donovan's never forgotten that. He's never forgiven that. And if you catch him on the right day, he showed a general saltiness about the whole situation. But my thing with it is, is if you come to America, there's all the additional benefit with being an icon in America. You're going to Mexico, dude. Is that really the step in the right direction? Because the last I checked, folks from Mexico were trying to get here, not vice versa. And, Brandon, there's a problem (laughs) looming in the future. You know, there's going to be a wall built. And Landon Donovan's going to help build it. <laughs> he's not going to be able to get back in the country. By the way, Klinsman might have dodged a bullet. He's 35. You know, I'm, I still feel like a young buck. I'm 44. But 35, if you're playing at a very high level in soccer, how many more years, like really good years, 
um, does he have left, I guess? And he's been off, what, two years? Well, I don't know. Ask Thierry Henry. I mean, ask the guys that have come here to, you know, get that one last payday. I don't know. I I don't know how it's going to go, but I do think this is more, regardless of how it plays out for Donovan, this is a symbolic gesture. This is two middle fingers to U.S. soccer. Because anybody that thinks that U.S. soccer and MLS aren't joined at the hip is confused about the politics of American soccer. Now, what could happen is he could get dual citizenship, and guess what national team he could play now, for that in the World Cup? would be something serious. I don't so, think – he can't do that. He can't do that because he's played – once you've played, I think it's three games for one country, I don't think – that without some sort of special exemption, you can change. Yeah, I'm not sure because a lot of the guys that play in the United States, they have to choose which national team. Yes, and they do it prior on. to playing those games. And that's one of the cl- things that Klinsman did with a lot of these young kids that were from Germany that had dual citizenship and, and the rest of the world is he got them into the system and then got them a couple caps so they were kind of locked in. Yeah. And a lot of good that has done because not very many of those guys have panned out. And what it did was – burnt bridges with people like Donovan, who should have been on the 2014 World Cup team, there's no way that he wasn't one of the best 22 players in America. Well, answering your question, Brandon, Landon Donovan said he's not afraid of walls. And his quote on Twitter was, the brave don't live forever, but the cautious do not live at all. I'm excited for this new adventure. I told you that dude's weird. He's one of those meditate, Buddhism, burning incense He's a spiritual type guy, and that was kind of one of the the wedges between he and Klinsman because he wanted to meditate and get his mind right. Klinsman wanted to battle on the practice pitch. I don't know, Brandon. I, you I, you seem to be chomping at the bit to. Well, no, in. not really. I was just I, as you were talking, I was pulling up pictures of his new jersey. Just side note: Can you fit any more ads on these jerseys? Oh, they don't play around. It's buddy. like Herbal Life, you know, like. Herbalife Nutrition right across the chest. It doesn't even have the team name. That's his old jersey. But, I mean, they're, I'm looking that's at it. That's the this, LA Galaxy jersey. That's, I know. But okay. that's like he's got Mobile Super Coca-Cola Office Depot on your jersey. Who wants to wear that, man? I mean. NASCAR drivers. Do you think? But they're in a car. You don't really see them. I mean, their car. One well, you don't out. have to see them because when they get interviewed after the race, they're like, well, I want to thank uh, Coca-Cola and uh, Napa Parts and, and Home Depot and Verizon. And they get, uh, it's amazing that how is they're a, able to get all the sponsors' names out in a 30-second interview. And he, I will, I will say this. A bucket list of mine is to get into a NASCAR with somebody else driving it, obviously, and go around the track. Why would you want somebody else to drive it? Because. Dude. Somebody who can go that fast. If I'm going to go through all that and I'm going to get the opportunity, somebody's going to really have to sell me that I'm not the guy to drive the car. How about if we get that? How about if we work this out and you and I get in a NASCAR together and I drive it? Are you okay with that? Hell no. (laughs) That's, so, that's even worse than me driving. You can do that, you know. There are places where you can do that. I've, I've heard that. Mm-hmm. I've heard that. I'd like to try. I mean, I, I would like to give husband. it a shot. He did it. See? Okay. Did he drive? to make this yeah. happen. He drove? Yeah. Okay. It was an um, Earnhardt car, I think. What? Oh, that's what you – yeah, see? Yeah. That's the kind of bennies that come with having your dad be governor. Now we now <laughs> no, it comes that had nothing to do with it. Like, it was so, Groupon. <laughs> <laughs> nothing trumps Groupon. Chris, one thing, I don't think the Mexican Soccer League is really that far below the step down. I mean, it's averaging over 1.1 million viewers here in the United States. 
Well, and it's yeah, the because second most watched soccer league next to the Premier League. <laughs> That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. The MLS, MLS is is third, maybe fourth or fifth. It helps MLS if somebody knows when you're on. Yeah. MLS, which should be the sport of young people, should be accessible on platforms that young people want to see it. And you can't even get all of the U.S. national games on any platform without being some sort of super tech nerd pirate technology type thing. It's kind of disappointing. But U.S. soccer and MLS, you're both bad at what you do in terms of marketing, and that will continue. And I'm not suggesting that a, that playing in the Mexican League is a step down in terms of quality of play or support. I'm just wondering the the intrinsic value. The, I just think benefits that are rolled up in. That. I think you're kind of saying that Landon had plenty of opportunities to probably go anywhere in the world, and he chose Mexico, kind of right there, like a kind of like a screw you move. Well, it is. I, I it's a screw you move because na- internationally, Mexico and the U.S. are one another's biggest rivals. Landon Donovan, at this point in his career, really <laughs> didn't have too many options. In Europe, right? he could have played a lot of places in smaller divisions. He could have done like a lot of Americans do in baseball and gone to Asia somewhere and gotten big money to play over there because there's their corporate sponsorships there are enormous. But, yeah, it's symbolic. Of course, the Mexican thing. Yeah, I mean, if he went and played at, say, Lithuania, it wouldn't have the same kind of screw you feel. You know what I'm saying? Well, then he would be with the balls. Uh, well, by the way, if no, you haven't seen that the... Was, I'm, thanks for stating the obvious. Yes, that was an obvious bar, barb toward LeVar Ball and his sons. And if you have not seen the, the LeVar Ball Saturday Night Live skit where oh he's like, gosh. Lithuania, uh, never dry. It's we'll, always raining. We'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to pull that up as we move forward. But for those of you who weren't paying attention... I got 17 Leangelo Toyota Corollas. and LaMelo Ball made their professional debut in Lithuania, in a Lithuanian league game. And between the two of them, they played 19 minutes, and they got as many points as the four of us combined in those games. They were over. Zero points. LaMelo actually got in the book with a steal, so they weren't shut out completely. But how do you go? Was he in China? I don't, I don't ah, get it. Thanks, Trent. I don't get it. What just happened? He, got, he stated the obvious. Did he he stole? He oh, got a steal. Come was on, he in folks. China? Oh, so just like good. me. No, that was not good. Yeah. But it's becoming obvious that the Leangelo. <laughs> thanks, Trent. The Leangelo move by UCLA was the right one. Get yes. this kid away from us. Get LeVar Ball out of here. This guy has lost his mind. And I do want to run the Saturday Night Live skit. Uh, Lavar's like, that let's, was let's get him that out of that I'm gonna trash. Play it. I'm going to play it, but he feels compelled to do his second impersonation I, of it. I got, I got 17 Toyota Corollas. Let's We're get not going to play it anymore because he's just like, giving the punchlines. Sounds away. like Lavar Ball is a Southerner. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like Lavar Ball is the governor of Georgia. <laughs> yeah, you're about to start a fight in here. But it, what, how much fun would that be if Lavar Ball tried to parlay this into a political run? And he's at odds with the president right now. And how cool would it be if he makes? It, it, I mean, this guy's ego it knows no bounds. And 
at the same time, he's over here focused on Leangelo and Lamelo and Lithuania. There's a lot of L's involved there. Lonzo isn't even moving the needle in the NBA anymore. And when ESPN loses interest with you and your exploits in the NBA, it's bad news when you've started from such, from, from such a wild place. He's still on every commercial, though, for every Laker game that's on ESPN. It, and it, the only commercial they have of him is this walking with his hoodie with his own darn face on it. Well, time will tell what becomes of young Lonzo. But I think his, I think his moment in the sun has come and gone. We'll see what happens. The Lakers, are a, the Lakers are a disaster. The question I have for you, Trent and Brandon, is LeVar Ball has come out and made the statement that Luke Walton has lost the team, that the Lakers don't want to play for him. Now that puts – even if your end goal is to get Luke Walton moved out of there and bring in whatever coach you think would be more suitable. Him. It, yeah. Isn't this – the opposite of the way to make that happen because you're painting the organization into a corner. Lonzo Ball is on a rookie deal. He has no leverage, none. He's going to be a Laker as long as the Lakers want him to be a Laker in the near term. So for dad to come out and trash Luke Walton, probably not a great idea. We'll see you on the other side of the break. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio. Thanks for listening. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats from Sanford, North Carolina. I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hey Clarice, can we please put on the new Justin Bieber album? Hold on, Dad will be mad if we don't listen to From the Cheap Seats. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. This is Krista Lambert, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent Nichols, and Katie Deal hanging out, talking a little bit of everything this morning. Is, do one of you guys have a tissue? I, I think Katie actually physically shed tears <laughs> over the plight of those tiger cubs. It's sad. It is horrible. It's, it's horrific. Sad. Actually, the reaction, and Brandon, Brandon and I, that's our favorite. Nobody has come into the studio and listened to that and didn't die laughing. Well, I thought when I listened to it just now, I thought that was the Hollywood actresses talking about their... Yeah, that's where I thought it was going, too. I was like... (laughs) I thought it was a... uh, Oh, I'm not. I'm gonna stop before I get. So you thrown. like doing Weird Al Yankovic type lyrics to songs? Yeah. You should take that one and turn it into a. What is it? Is it Times Up? Is that what they call it? Times Up. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know Ooh. if you should do that either. I yeah. Think, I don't know. Dude. Now, that I, now that I think about that, maybe that'd yeah. be a bad, bad, bad idea. Yeah. But I will. <laughs> oh wow, that could be a horrible idea. <laughs> I'm, I'm at a complete loss for words. So the L.A. Lakers. Okay, here's the, the thing. <laughs> yeah, yes. You are absolutely 100% correct. He has no power whatsoever. The most concerning thing that I feel is, A, Magic Johnson 
hasn't come out and said anything one way or the other. But Jeannie Buss did make a statement saying Luke's our guy. His job is not in the conversation, so they're good with that. The one thing that I would say is next year when Paul George and LeBron James get there, are they going to bring the Fizz with them, the guy from Memphis? I don't know. Here's the thing with Fizzdale coming over there. I'm I'm not That's sold. That's LeBron's boy. For, for, well, here's, here's a couple of things that I'll say. I think first and foremost, I for me, this year has proven me a couple things. One, I think that it's shown out in OKC that Paul George is more ordinary than we thought he was and that he's not a superstar in the NBA. Does anybody want to argue with me about that? Katie, you want to take up the argument in favor of Paul George? <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, Paul George, is a he, he's a guy. I mean, I don't see Paul George. That team in Oklahoma City, you see what greatness looks like. Because that team is going as far as Russell Westbrook takes them, period. It's not Russell Westbrook and the Russell Westbrook three. It's not the Russell Westbrook trio. It's Russell Westbrook and two other pretty good doggone basketball players and then a bunch of garbage. Yeah, but how – so with LeBron James, that's all he needs. I mean, you put Paul George with LeBron James, he doesn't have to be a superstar. Okay, but he's going to be better than Dwayne Wade. Wait, wait a minute. Wait, wait, just dog on second. The Lakers have a lot of money at their disposal, but if you bring in LeBron and Paul George on max deals, you don't have room for anything else. And two superstars, or or a superstar and an all right <coughs> player or two, can LeBron do it? Yeah. Can he? Re- well, can he really? Because I'm watching a doggone team out there in Cleveland who has LeBron and Kevin Love, who we've all forgotten, used to be a franchise player and is a double-double machine. And the Lakers are a are the Lakers. The Cavaliers, they're in real danger right now. But are we talking about if they can or what's the perception going to be? The perception of what? They're going to think that the Lakers are going to be – to conquer the world, you got know, LeBron man. James and Paul George. I don't. I, I they don't have know. to have those big names. Okay, first of all, if I'm LeBron James and I have my druthers about where I'm going to play next year, I'm looking directly at Philadelphia. I think LeBron's looking at LA, and I think Why? if he was staying in Why? Cleveland, Fizdale would be their coach okay. after that nightmare of a thing that LeBron did to him on camera. The other day when they lost by 35. Okay, let's let's ask this question. You say, well, I'd have my eye on L.A. Why? Because that's what he wants to be, bring his iconic ship to Los Angeles and be the next guy in L.A. I think that's been overstated. I And I also don't – I just flat out don't like it. I didn't like see – I know why Carl Malone went there, but I didn't like seeing him in a Lakers uniform. Same thing with Gary Payton. Why does everybody want to go to L.A.? I thought the whole narrative was I mean, it is who the liked most... him going to Miami. Nobody well, I mean, wanted him me, in Miami. It's a little different though, because it, for years and years and years, it used to be you go to L.A. It helps your brand, right? With all the new social media technology and all this stuff, you don't need a a place like in Los Angeles you to help you with you, your brand. You just hit it. How much bigger could LeBron James's brand and his image get? 
I mean, people look at him, and at worst, they're like he's the second best player in the history of basketball. I mean, go buy a pair of LeBron shoes for $225. LeBron's brand can't get any bigger. And it's not as if if he wants to do – if he wants to get into a business venture in California or whatever the case might be, dude, it's 2017. Well, and that's the other thing I don't understand about why Luke Walton's all of a sudden in the news. Like, it's definitely not – you know, have you ever heard the term, it's not the X's and those, it's the Jimmy's and the Joe's? Without a He doesn't doubt. have any players. I mean, he's got Luau Dang making $17 million a year to score like 1.5 points. He's got Brooke Lopez making $22 million? Well, we've talked about Give this the break. last couple of weeks. The Lakers are a team with seven small forwards on the team. Yeah, he's not coaching Golden State. No, and he's shown well, look what when, he he did. Took the, when he had the reins of Golden State, this is a guy that will get to He'll kill you. It wasn't about X's and O's at Golden State. It was about managing and putting the people in the right positions. And when you look at that very flawed roster in L.A., that roster really kind of needs to be turned on its ear. LeBron, I know that you have this man crush on LeBron James, Brandon. And I think it's fair to say you believe he's the greatest player of all time. It's a fair argument. But LeBron, even the great LeBron, has to recognize the clock is ticking. Yeah. So do I really want to take a chance and go out to, to L.A. with some guys that might be good? Because there's nobody out there that's a world beater. Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram is, is an okay guy right now. He's You've not. got Nance, Kuzma, Randall, Clarkson, Lonzo, all these kids that may do something. If I'm LeBron James and I'm looking for a place that's got the money, that's got the players around me, how could Philly not be at the top well, of the list? Or furthermore, any team in the East, why do you want to play Golden State one ser- series earlier than you have to? Boom. You know what I mean? Like, go anywhere in the East. I like Philly. Now, how he coexists – I was kind of curious. I was looking at the roster. I was like, I wonder how LeBron would, you know, play nice with Kuzma. How would they would they move into each other on the floor? I think you got to consider that. Is Ben Simmons and him going to get in? Are they going to have a lane that's clogged up or like he's got to find the right fit? And I think next year has got to be the time because you're right. The clock is ticking. Like I don't know what he did to get his <coughs> hairline back down to where it was, but now it's retreating back again. <laughs> We we all have that problem, but you know he don't have too many more years in this league playing the style that he does. And I know Jordan developed that little low post fadeaway. He's got to start working on that because he can't play the style of play that he has been playing since he came into the league forever. Now there is a an obvious rift between he and Tyron Lue right now, and you know it's always been sort of the joke that it was LeBron's team. Well, this is the first time we've ever seen Tyron Lue push back. And kind of point the finger at LeBron because LeBron is quick to say, well, you guys aren't doing this and you guys aren't doing that. And LeBron hasn't really stepped up his game. And with the lack of effort that you're seeing on defense from the Cavaliers right now, you've got to wonder if LeBron's act may be wearing thin with these guys. Well, you know, I have a problem with Tyron Lue, first of all, because he never goes to bat for his players. So the one time you're going to get some stones and talk, you're going to talk back to your superstar, you're going to push back against him and you're not going to – like, you know, Kevin Durant fouls LeBron five times in one drive to the hoop. He can't get Tyron Lue to say one thing about the officiating. Well, Tyron Lue thing. was LeBron's boy. They all picked him. I, I, he picked him. But now which, what we saw Toronto do to them last week, and Toronto beat them by 31 without Kyle Lowry – 
without Serge Ibaka, and DeMar DeRozan put up 13. The Toronto bench beat Cleveland by 31 points. They are not – that. I, I tweeted the other day, what is it that you call the Cleveland Cavaliers what, – what is it that you call what they do when they're not playing offense? Because you cannot call it defense. And this goes beyond de- de- defensive uh, efficiency ratings. There is no effort. There is no energy. They don't even pretend to try on defense. And you got a, a lot of guys standing around waiting to go down to hoist up shots. Isaiah Thomas is either going to gel with this team very quickly and recognize that he doesn't have to be the number one option on offense. Because if he keeps hoisting up jumpers at the inefficient rate that he's doing, he all by himself is going to play the Cavaliers out of a serious run at an NBA title. That's my two cents with that. Now, I mean, they're still third in the East. It's I got you. Like, you know, I got you. And and it's not time to you know. I'm not suggesting Cleveland's going to miss the playoffs or anything of that nature. But people need to take this seriously. The Celtics are the best team in the East right now. The whisper, if it comes to fruition that will turn the entire NBA on its ear is Anthony Davis. If Danny Ainge decides that he wants to bring Anthony Davis to Boston and can do it without giving up any of that core that he's got now, the Celtics should be favored to beat the Golden State Warriors this year. How you like that? If they get Anthony Davis? Yeah. I'd say heck yeah. Wow. Trent, you agree? Oh, absolutely. If you add that in there, that's the component. Danny Ainge has got to see it. We'll see if he makes a move. we got half an hour left. We're going to finish, and we'll talk a little bit more to Katie Deal. You're listening on WBLZ. Thanks for hanging out. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today, or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, but you'll love the show. Welcome back to the final half hour from the Cheap Seats. I'm Chris DeLambert, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent Nichols, and the illustrious Katie Deal hanging out in studio. And I feel like for the last half hour, we kind of neglected you. That's all right. I was listening. I actually do know who LeBron James is. Boom. Told you. Brand could not get any bigger. Mm -hmm. If LeBron moved to L.A., would it have any impact on you and how much you know about him or care about him? No, not Well, there you go. And that's about the size of it because the basketball world feels the way about LeBron that they're going to feel. Well, and the thing about it is is that there's still this kind of stigma for people that maybe have not ever been to L.A., that it's all this glitz and glamour. The downtown's nice. You know, it's right there by the Staples Center. But, I mean, there's a gazillion downtowns 
that look just like it. And Hollywood's dirty. I don't know if you've ever been there. I've never been to L.A., no. It's it's a dirty, dusty place, and you're like, ugh. But okay. I have been to Philly, and it's one of my favorite cities ever. There you go. Kate, just so. put LeBron in Philly. Boom. Boom. I'll buy that. I mean, when you look at what's already in place in Philly and where they're at financially, they signed J.J. Redick this year for $22, $23 million a year on a one-year deal. And at the time, people were like, wow, that's kind of rich for Redick. But it was a, he's a placeholder. Yeah. They're going to look and make one big move. And when you take Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid and Sarich and you've got Fultz coming back, Covington, those guys, they're ready. And you insert LeBron into that lineup and you've got something special. This season, though, I don't want to discount what's going on in Toronto. Toronto looks good. But the team guys that you better pay attention to, they've crept up to the fourth spot in the West, is Minnesota. Minnesota's in the midst of a five-game stretch where they've won their last five games by at least 10 points. Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony Towns have taken over that team. Andrew Wiggins has become a bit player on that team. There should be some serious consideration for Carl Anthony Towns as the MVP, and I'm not sure that Jimmy Butler ought not be in that conversation as well. Look out for Minnesota. I promise you no one is going to want to play them in the postseason. I thought Minnesota would be really, really good. They got out of the gate slowly, and now they've started to put it together. Same time, Oklahoma City, another one of those teams nobody wants to play. And I'm telling you that watching Westbrook, George, and Carmelo together, for me, confirms that Russell Westbrook right now today might be the best basketball player on the planet. I'll buy that. So if you had to choose an MVP, and I want you to consider that you've got Harden, who still makes a compelling argument. LeBron is in the mix. Who is your choice as the MVP in the NBA right now today as we sit here? I like – I probably it's probably Russell Westbrook's time. Like last year and this year is kind of his time. And I think he – he proved that he could do it with pretty much nobody last year, and now he's co-mingling with other players. He's very adaptive, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And he just does his thing. And, and I don't know of any player – I think – let me put it this way. Most people can't guard LeBron, but they've identified a couple of players that kind of mess with him a little bit. Nobody messes with Russell Westbrook. There's not a single soul that you can put on him. That bothers them. Well, to pile on and and add fuel to your Russell Westbrook fire over here, I will tell you that at this point in his career, Russell Westbrook, for all everybody says about him, I really don't think gives a rip about stats. I think Russell Westbrook is feeling his mortality a little bit and understands I have to win a championship. If I'm going to be considered in the pantheon of great NBA players all time, I've got to get a ring. And I think he is more driven than anyone. I think he's driven at a level Kevin Durant was last year where he said, I can't come up short. I have to get a ring. And he played out of his skin. Except the difference is that Westbrook didn't go join the 86 Lakers. You know, like That's fair. Durant, get out of here. I'm not a big Durant fan. He idly was thought of as this really nice guy. He's turned out to be – Kind of a snake, but that's just my opinion. 
Westbrook, Kate, I don't know if you know him, I think he would work really well in your show because <laughs> yeah. he does rock some sequins. And yes. a lot of – have you ever seen some of his get-up? I'm not sure. You're not familiar with Russell Westbrook? i, I got to pull some know. pictures for you. The name is familiar. During, the, during the, the break, we'll, we'll show you some of his – Garb? The, yeah, the garb that he's rocked. Does he he's, look anything like Mac of, Davis? Because if so, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know about the amount of chest hair that uh, Russell Westbrook. I think hard he's bare-chested. Hard to be humble. <laughs> that's not how it goes, but that's okay. Trent, do you argue with Russell Westbrook? Who do, who do you have? I, I don't, but I mean, it would even really though he's turning into radio, a snake. It would really make for better radio if you had somebody else there. But My I'm, dark horse would be the Greek. Ripping it up in Milwaukee. Giannis is going to have to get – Giannis is being undone by ESPN and TNT. He's not getting enough love from them. What he's doing from a statistical standpoint is unreal. And he's almost like a unicorn. And I know unicorn is the the name that's given to guys like Porzingis and these seven-footers that can do all this. But he's like – what is he like? He's like a guy in baseball where they say he's a good curveball hitter. You hear a lot about him, but you never see him. Yeah, Giannis is amazing. And if you haven't watched him for extended periods attack the rim, he is a man among boys. And that's why I think because he's not getting that much crazy, he's more of my dark horse. I mean, I'll be honest with you right now, there's not a better player in the NBA than Kevin Durant. What he has done this year to establish himself as the guy on the 86 Lakers, <laughs> he's the man. I now, mean, here's, here's what I want to say about Kevin and Durant. And Steph Curry's hurt again. Again. Um, and Thompson's missed some time. Clay, and and this, is, this was the fear with Steph Curry a couple years ago when Golden State re-signed him was he, the injury bug continued to bite. The most recent injury is a turned ankle he picked up in a shoot-around. Yep. Curry is laid up. Durant, I think it's fair to say at this point, has established that as his team. Mm -hmm. Now, you're talking about Kevin Durant, who is one of the greatest scorers we've ever seen in the NBA. And his points per game, if I'm not mistaken, 27.2 per game for his career, is just a tenth of a point higher than LeBron James. No one should get ahead of themselves and say, well, you know, Durant's a better ball player. First of all, Durant doesn't do all of the things on the court that LeBron James has throughout his career. The second thing is that LeBron James has only missed 13 games in a season once in his career. Durant has missed more than 13 games four different times. So the durability factor as it applies to LeBron James puts him next level. Plus, from a career standpoint, LeBron gets an extra year because he came straight from high school versus Kevin Durant, who played a year at Texas. Well, uh, So I, the question has been, at the end of their career, who is going to have more points? I think it's indisputable it'll be LeBron, unless Kevin Durant decides to play till he's 42 and come off somebody's bench and get well, 15 and You know, I liken the Durant thing in Golden State to, like, if you're watching football and a star receiver – gets another really good star receiver on the other side so that the team can no longer double double you or they got to change your defense. There's enough unbelievable talent on Golden State that you can't focus on any one given thing. So he's almost – I'm not saying he's roaming free, but the onus is not on him like Westbrook last year 
he can he can kind of go through the flow of the game and get his. That's and absolutely better. That's absolutely one thousand percent true. That there's no comparison to what Durant does without Curry at Golden State versus what Westbrook does in OKC. There's there's absolutely no argument to be made. Westbrook is sort of Allen Iverson in the heyday of his career, where a team is on his back and they're only going as far as he's going to take them. That's not going to win championships in today's NBA. Remember, I mean, it's bad, uh, bad example, but remember Bernard King, like with the Knicks. I mean, he never reached superstar status because those teams never really did that much in the sure. playoffs. But he was the bomb, you know. So, what I mean? so, and, so you're and, gonna you're gonna discount Durant because he went to a good team, so he can never be MVP because he's not, not in the position that Russell Westbrook. I'm is. not, and you guys That's didn't let me fair. finish my. You didn't oh, let me finish my fair. thought. What's not it fair happens is, to LeBron every year. You know what's and not Tom fair? What, what's not fair is joining another championship it's, it's team. It's perfectly fair, and we've been through this a million times with <laughs> LeBron James when he went to Miami and brought Chris Bosh with him yeah. to join Dwayne Wade. Come on, that's that's played. No, that's they, played, and don't they, fall into that trap. No, hold on, I was hold going on. to say let, about let me make Kevin this Durant. One point. Let me make this one point. That is different. Those guys got together with the U.S. basketball team and went and created a team. Durant joined a winner. That's okay. The NBA. Okay. Great. And what I'm what I was going to say this year, right after now. I said that LeBron versus Durant in terms of who's the better player up to this point in their careers, you cannot make an argument that Durant is better than LeBron James. LeBron James has done it on his own in Cleveland, where he got them on the cusp. But yes, don't pretend that it wasn't a fabricated thing that was the precursor to today's Golden State Warriors when he went down there to Miami and they formed this super team. It's a real thing that happened. However, what you're discounting is the fact that Steph Curry's missed half the season and Golden State hasn't missed a beat. And when you watch Durant, you could take, if you take that team pre-Durant and you subtract Steph Curry from it, it's an all right club. And you got not Draymond Green, and Clay Thompson, right and, and and Iguodala, and it's an okay team. They wouldn't be thirty-five and four right now. No, so you take the pre-Kevin Durant Golden State Warriors. If you subtract Curry from it, Curry's the only legit superstar that was on that team. Clay Thompson is a nice role player. Draymond Green is a is almost a a trick player. Because of his size and his skill set, he allows you to do some things against teams that don't have a legit big man. Fake so it was Charles a nice Bar- team. Fake Charles Barkley. A, a fake if, Charles Barkley. If you put Durant back on OKC right now, how many more games did they win? Seven, yeah, maybe? Yeah, because it, seem, it it's seemed still to be, working. be Westbrook trying to take over the game. Yeah, it worked. Just, it, it worked awesome when they were at OKC with Harden and Westbrook. How many did they win back then? None. Okay, exactly. so here's the... Hold up, Chris. I feel like the show just went straight first take. Oh, my no. God, it did. No. You Shannon Sharp, dude. What are you doing? Skip. Skip, skip, skip. skip. I don't it, know what just happened, but it got warmer in here. <laughs> it was not supposed to be an argument about the validity of Kevin Durant going to Golden State. What I'm saying about Golden State since we're there, though is that Steph Curry, beyond any shadow of any doubt, was the guy that propelled that team to Golden State before Durant got there. If you subtract Curry from that from that team, it's a playoff team, but it's not a world championship team. And yes, they were absolute top shelf before Durant got there. But from the day Durant has got there, I think up to this point, a year and a half later, we finally have to admit 
Durant's better than Curry. Period. I've yes. never thought any otherwise. Okay. And right so, now in it, the NBA, Kevin Durant is the MVP. No matter what Harden or Westbrook is doing, they are the best team in the NBA. Steph Curry hasn't been there most of the year. He is playing better than he's ever played, even on defense. He's the MVP. That is the point I wanted to make 10 minutes ago, is that you take Durant, (laughs) who for the duration of his career has been one of the greatest scorers of the basketball we've ever seen. Now... He finally has added defense to his repertoire and is playing defense at it. It's hard to overstate how well he's playing on defense. This guy is using that weak span as a shot blocker and is a legitimate force on defense. When you take those two things and you add that defensive component, that puts him in that next tier as a great historically great basketball he's player. He's so good that he can foul and not get called for foul. I mean, come on, man. You're you're looking at anecdotal stuff. Yeah, he fouled LeBron on Sunday on a nationally televised game. Got it. He we'll probably see what happens twice. tonight. That's great. They played tonight. Monday night they played. What's, what's Golden State's record right now? 35-4. and 35-4. and four, And that's LeBron, or excuse me, Durant, carrying the groceries. Don't take away from what Durant's doing. Nobody is saying... He's as good as LeBron. He's got half a dozen trips to the finals before we can talk about him in terms of LeBron. I'm sorry, 35 However, and 9. Sorry. And, and, and All right, we got one segment left. We're going to get to the bottom of that, and I got five seconds worth of baseball I want to talk about as well. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats from Sanford, North Carolina. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. My name is Forrest, Forrest Gump. My mom always told me, you don't have to sit down close to see the action. Sometimes it's better from the cheap seats. And that's all I gotta say about that. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, welcome back to the final segment. This is brought to you by Atkins Commercial Advisors. All your commercial real estate needs in Central Carolina, give them a call. Check them out on the web, do all that cool stuff. We also will be at Libations now. This is a little bit of a change. We used to do this every other Wednesday where we would be out and host trivia. We'll do that every Wednesday now. Six o'clock, come early so you can get seating. We run from about six to eight, up to four people on a team. And as part of our public service here, we tease a category. I'm going to tease two this time around. In honor of Katie Deal coming in and sitting us with us, we're going to do a round on classic country music. And we're also, I made the mistake the other day, guys, of asking the assembled trivia players to give me suggestions for categories. Mm. It didn't go well. Mm. It really didn't go well. One of the only ones that I can repeat on air (laughs) is Harry Potter. So there will be a Harry Potter round that's already been created. And normally, when people give me grief about the questions that are asked, I tell them that I would usually get about 90 or 95% of those questions correct. I'm a trivia guy. And I'm the one putting together the questions, so it's steered by things that I already know. 
With regard to the Harry Potter, I would score zero out of how many ever questions it's going to be. What? Because is, I am not a Harry Potter nerd. What at all. is Patronus? Yes. That's about all I got I, on the Harry Potter. I got nothing. Mexican tequila, Patronus. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of that's the first thing that popped into my head is it's uh, 930. You really want to break out the Patron? I can, no problem. <laughs> we looking at you, Robert. You know, it is a holiday. So, yeah, hey, well, what up, Robert Bricky? Um, so the the thing that I want to say is that we're we're going to do that on January 17th. Two of the categories will be classic country music and Harry Potter. And Katie, you're invited to come hang out if you want to. I may. It's, it's a good fun. time. Although and I quit drinking, so I don't that's know that's okay. That's water. okay. And and here's the thing that people don't understand. They're like, well, is there food? Yeah, there sure there is food if you bring food. And it is amazing. That's my favorite part of it is to see these tables full of regulars try to outdo one another with the spreads they put together. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's meat and cheese trays. There's pizza. People come in with bojangles. There's there were food delivered from one of the restaurants around the corner the other day. Uh, if they want to pay sponsorship dollars, I'll actually mention them on air, but I'm not going to. Well, you got three really good, I think, if I'm not missing one, three really good restaurants that share the same parking lot. I'm counting Yarbrough's, too. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, if you they, want, they just got a free plug. If you want so to, now I guess it's only the obligatory, okay, Cafe 121 and La Dolce Vita and Yarbrough's kind of share a parking lot. There's all good eats from there. And then up yeah. the street, you got Smoke and Barrel. And the steel pig. We're gonna have to put these on credit. They'll be invoiced for. <laughs> there we go. And poor Kate. She she is not drinking. She just told us off air. She quit sugar. Just any second now, she's given up oxygen. <laughs> and the guys on, in the band, they're all like, "Man, you're no fun now." What a yank. drag. Said, you ain't we like, much fun since we, I, I quit, quit drinking. Drink. I, I ain't much fun since I quit drinking. We like the drinking, Kate. <laughs> Yeah. I know, and you guys accuse me of not me singing. Trouble. That's twice in one I show. No, we just got to bust out the country, and Chris goes off. <laughs> yeah, well, I I did go on a little bit of a tangent about karaoke, and I said that my just a gigolo is it's up here. I'm not that. afraid to to toot my own horn, but you, nobody even asked because you guys don't really pay attention. You just kind of go into a coma and wait for me to sound like I'm transitioning, and then you either. <laughs> Grunt, or you talk about something that has nothing to do with what I've been on about. But my, every time you talk about singing, I, singing, I feel my chair moving away, like to look in the opposite direction. But my one B for karaoke is "Lump" by Presidents of the United wow. States of America. Can you see that, Trent? You're a music yeah, guy. I'm surprised. I'm surprised, but that's good. Yeah, I could see that. It's good. That's what you chose to say about that? <laughs> I think it would be good. I'm very excited about this karaoke because I want to hear. Lump sad, alone, yeah. in a boggy marsh. Totally emotionless except for her heart. Hold on. Pass me that dictionary. I need to look up good again. See what that actually means because I have been using it wrong for all these years. Mud flowed up into Lump's pajamas. Gonna have nightmares. Where else could you get that? <laughs> I did that in New Orleans one time at his, at this huge club, and I don't even know if they were really doing karaoke at that bar that particular night. But I ended up on stage, three sheets to the wind, and belted that out to an assembled I don't know probably fifteen hundred people. You know, if and it was one of those moments where I thought. I just destroyed this. One, one. And as I made my way off stage, 
the lady I was there with looked at me like, Don't you know, the guy who's again. never again. You know, the guy who's closing <laughs> down the bar again. and says, you ain't got to go home, but you ain't, you got to get out of here. They would just say, DeLambert, get on the mic real quick. That hey. place would clear out <laughs> in moments. I yelled out one time to a guy performing. I said, American Pie. And the guy was like, if you know those lyrics, you get up here and sing it. Okay. Yes. No that's all, that's all 13 <laughs> minutes later, I left the stage. I'm like, are you serious? All right, let's go. What did you do during the instrumental breaks? I just <laughs> the in the glory. No strip tease, yeah, no, no nothing. No. no, I was into it. My eyes I, were closed. I can dig it. This will be the day that I die. <laughs> this will. I met a girl who sang the blues. And I asked her for some. <laughs> I think a, I think a piece of that's all of us. That's the longest just, song in history. That's why I pick it because I want to be on stage for thirteen that's minutes. That's this dude. And every time you go to karaoke, somebody does that. And that's me. So you, if you're if you're going to do something other than classic country, and you're at a karaoke bar. And let's pretend for a moment that you hadn't quit drinking. <laughs> what okay. would you? What could you? What's the most crazy song you could get talked into doing? Oh gosh, I don't know. I haven't done karaoke in so long. Um, I I sometimes do. Girls just want to have fun. Oh, just to get the crowd going. Yeah, you there know. There you go. I can dig that. Um, That's kind of like me doing Friends in Low Places, though. You know. Yeah, yeah. Friends in Low Places is a sellout, man. She should do June Carter. Do right now. You can do Walk the Line. I'll be Johnny. You be June. <laughs> But you have to start. <laughs> All right? You ready? All right, I'll start. All right? She I look, keep a she looks close nervous. watch on this heart of mine. I keep my eyes wide open all the time. Anytime, June. Come on. <laughs> I don't remember the words. Uh, what are the words? I uh, keep the ends out for, for the tie that binds. Because you're because mine. You're mine. I walk the line. I walk the line. <laughs> uh, you wrote this song, June. You better sing it right. Come on. You got it. Come on, June. She wrote Ring of Fire. I don't think she wrote oh, okay. Walk the Line. Well, I went down to a burning ring, ring of, of fire. fire. I, went I went down, 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 down and the flames rang higher. And it burns. <laughs> That's too low for me. Burns, burns, burns. <laughs> poor Kate. I don't get Katie. I, sincerest apologies. I don't even know who this guy is. You know, poor, that was that poor, was awful, Trent. Thank poor, you. Poor Kate's gonna start thank drinking again. <laughs> right after the show, she's gonna be over. At I'm gonna. Libation. I'm, I've got to have a drink. That was. How could you do that to your? It, she's nice. She's sweet. She's pretty. Hey, and we're talking man. about karaoke. She said she was June Carter. Thanks for being a good sport. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my gosh. Oh, she's hey. never gonna do a radio show oh, no, ever since, again. Since you're not in all black, I kind of you know kind of got me out of the. Yeah. We should have warned you about Trent though. Like I mean, he's like that dog that you always pet, and and once in a while it snaps at you. <laughs> like that's Trent. It's true. Not like a baby tiger cub. That so, hey, how like about them Vikings? Uh? <laughs> hey, well, what we said we needed to do before the before the show really got going, It, I'm not sure that it ever really did get going, but we need to come up with a name for the play that we saw, the Stefan Diggs 61-yard catch. You got anything? Let's have a contest for the listeners. Let's have a contest. You know what? I've got... A free T-shirt 
a From the Cheap Seats t-shirt for the winning entry. Send it to us. Do it on Twitter. Tag us in it, From the Cheap Seats, or tweet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, just tag Cheap Seat Radio in your tweet, and we will give a t-shirt to the winning entrant. Minneapolis Miracle is unacceptable. We cannot have that. So it's got to be better than that. But the winning entrant, we will send you a T-shirt. Anybody want to sweeten the deal? We got anything else we can send them? Let me think on it. Let All me right. think on it. I could send you a Roadshow CD. Oh, nice. And a classic nice. Nashville Roadshow CD to go with. So a T-shirt and then something that actually has value. <laughs> To the winning entrant on Twitter. So all you need to do is tag us in it. We will have our social media manager and Trent and me and Brandon will all keep eyes on it. And we'll talk it through next week and figure out what the winner is. But Minneapolis Miracle is not going to work for me. The seven heaven doesn't do it either. Doesn't move the needle. So we want to know the original entry and we will get the, we'll get the name. We'll get the, the, the uh, name that we come up with. We'll get it trademark. There you go. All right, perfect. So send it to us via Twitter. Tag us at Cheap Seat Radio, and uh, we'll send you some cool stuff. Anything else you guys want to talk about in the next five minutes? Well, so we got the championship games coming up. The championship games are coming up, and I, again, cannot believe that it's Tom Brady versus Blake Bortles and Case Keenum versus Nick Foles. Give me your pick. Is anybody, first of all, want to pick against New England? At New England, is anybody giving Jacksonville even the slightest of chances? Well, Ramsey is because the Ramsey from the Jags has already guaranteed a Super Bowl victory. Okay, cool. Anybody real that is a real person? Yeah. Okay, because Jalen Ramsey, of course, is is guaranteeing victory. I don't think that sort of rises to level. New of England Jonah. hasn't even come close to playing a defense like this. Well, and uh, if, so you guys if, giving him a shot? If the Jaguars can. Score 45 points. Oh, come on, dude. <laughs> I don't think they'll score 45 again, but if their offense can play the same way, I think the Steelers had a better defense this year than the Patriots. Uh, the Patriots flashed. I guarantee some you, days Jim, good. Bill Belichick is not going to come in with a game plan that allows them to score 45 points. Anyway, Katie Neal, catcher at Temple Theater with Jason Petty and their band. Classic Nashville Roadshow Part 2. See it at templeshows.com or call 919-774-4155. We are out. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio.